When I thought about purpose, I used to think about helping others and changing the world in order to make it a better place. In this episode of the podcast, we talk to Marianne Powell. She's been training to be a purpose guide, and the definition of purpose that came out of our conversation that I quite liked is that it's the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. In this conversation, we talk about this idea of deep gladness or your sole purpose and how you find it. We talk about how it's a messy process and we use the metaphor of the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. In order for this transformation to happen, the caterpillar needs to turn into goo. This goo is the messy middle that most people are scared of and find challenging, and so don't ever go there. It can be a difficult time. However, we also talk about how this transition can be made less difficult when it's done in the presence of others. Marianne talks about how finding your sole purpose is also a process of healing. The wounds and hurts that happen in life that condition our behaviour and create our shoulds happen in connection. And so the only way to heal is also in connection. Another aspect of working with sole purpose is about trusting the universe. Trusting that the universe is a benevolent place and that ultimately we will find what we need to find as long as we have that trust. We don't need to try and force purpose or intellectualise it as if it's a problem to solve. Instead, we can follow the breadcrumbs, feel into the joy and listen to what the universe is telling us. Which for some can be as scary as hell, as we'll never be certain when we'll get to where we need to be. If you've been rushing to understand what purpose means to you and how it relates to your business and you've struggled with trying to articulate and understand your purpose, then I strongly recommend you listen until the end. I think you'll find some interesting perspectives that could help you. Enjoy. Right now I'm training as a purpose guide with the Purpose Guides Institute and feeling really excited about that, feeling quite enlivened by it, which is the point, I think, with purpose. But it's definitely been quite a, a journey to kind of get here. So my background has always been in writing of different kinds, so journalism for a while, charity communications for a while, brand and marketing is what I'm doing at the minute in my existing business. But the whole time I've been running a business that's been around brand, marketing, tone of voice, narrative identity all these sorts of things i've also been training as a transpersonal counselor which is again just about having this like bigger perspective on what's going on bringing in all these kind of new skills around like listening and guiding people and i wasn't really sure where that was taking me i knew i didn't necessarily want to be a counselor so when the kind of purpose guiding opportunity came up it just yeah it spoke to me and it and it felt right so that's the journey i'm on at the minute and part of that work i suppose is finding my own purpose so i think with all the sorts of best or most useful programs I've done this element where you do your own bit first before you necessarily help other people so whether training as counsellor like the first year of that is going well what's my stuff like and how does it get in my way same with purpose guiding it's like well what's my purpose and how might I then take that and use that to help other people find theirs I'm curious about this whole aspect of what's out there and, and this need to find something that we can fix or do something about or change that I, I believe most people, when they think about purpose, that's what they're thinking about. What's this pain in the world that I can address? Or what is this uh, social issue, challenge, problem that I can change? Is that how you 
thought about purpose initially or what was what's your journey of, of understanding purpose good question so yes the first one i should probably just explain that the when i talk about purpose i'm also talking about like soul level purpose as in s-o-u-l so which is a kind of specific way of thinking about that rather than just a, a general purpose so i i this way of phrasing it i got abducted by soul which is another way of saying i had a big kind of creative burnout and had a so i was on one path and and abruptly uh, stopped on that path and realized that whole way of working and living wasn't really working out for me and to be honest with you my starting point for purpose wasn't even necessarily about like how can I go out into the world and help to fix something it was more like I've been living in this way and working in this way and really hasn't worked for me and I know that I don't want to do it anymore but I don't quite know what I do want to do and uh, sort of having a period of kind of really quite intense searching and frustration and I know this old thing isn't right, but where's the new thing? And and quite a challenging time, I guess, around that as well to sort of try and see where next and what would actually feel good and in in alignment, if that makes sense. And in the middle of it, it's quite hard to make sense of it. I know I've got all these skills. I know I've got all this passion. I want to direct it somewhere, but I can't quite figure out where. And I'm doing this thing and I don't want to be doing it. But so it's it's been a weird time. So yeah, I think I almost... I know some people come at it and, and I think that's amazing as well to come at it with that social purpose. For me, I was like, had an even more fundamental purpose, which was a oh, fundamental drive, which was like, how can I actually start to enjoy my life and, and feel like I'm really providing something useful in the world? I, I don't know. For some reason, the word meaning mm. springs to mind. I don't know. What for you is the relationship between what I'm hearing you describe as purpose and this idea of meaning? Good question. Meaning. Um, well, as humans, we're making meaning all the time. We're making stories out of everything. Like we, There's no such thing as a neutral perspective. We've got a lens on how we see life and we're making meaning all the time. So I suppose how can we uncover a sense of deeper, truer meaning? So find the lens that's true for us and start to bring that out into the world. And I guess meaning connects, does connect into that idea of feeling useful, feeling of service, feeling that kind of we're not just here on this planet to kind of mess about for 70 years and, I don't know, have some nice experiences along the way and meet some nice people. And great, those things hopefully will happen. But like that there's something, there is something a little bit, there is a reason why we've been asked to live here on this planet at this time in this particular form. As um, you said something before around this isn't working for me now, but I need to find, I don't know what it is that will work for me. And so there's this mm. transition of going from one way of living to trying to find another way of living. And then that green messy bit of <laughs> what was that? What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. And, and it is messy. So I call it like the butterfly metaphor. So if you think about it, you're a caterpillar and then at some point you're going to become a butterfly. So as a human, what I want as a, as a, like impatient kind of egoy human i'm like i just want to flick a switch and i just want to be like this thing doesn't work can i just flick the switch and start the new thing and can it happen tomorrow and can it be really easy and can it be completely effortless and can i not have to do anything hard at all that's what i want <laughs> no what it's more like is you're a caterpillar you go into your cocoon and at a certain point like you dissolve into goo <laughs> that's how it works before like in between being a caterpillar and becoming a butterfly you have a whole, whole phase which is just being a whole load of goo and then from that goo, a butterfly emerges, and you really have to fight your way out of the chrysalis. Like it doesn't just doesn't just doesn't just cut apart the ways. And it's that kind of process that I think helps to prepare you for whatever that purpose is. 
Yeah, it is a crazy laugh, Santi, because I'm like, wouldn't it? I still wish I could be like, yeah, I'm just going to switch it happens. But but yeah, it, it, like it, the, the kind of the struggle is part of the story. The struggle is part of it. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not because something's going wrong. It's because changing and transformation and whether it's a butterfly, whether you use an alchemy metaphor, there's always a bit that's about things when you look at a hero's journey or heroine's journey, there's always a bit that about this is really hard and frustrating and difficult and I don't really know where I'm going. I think to some extent, any creative endeavor is always, there's always a messy bit. I think it's just levels of messiness maybe. <laughs> so I think even me, me and Carlos, we're getting clarity on what we're doing, but there's, there's always an element of, oh, you can never be too clear about what you're doing. So I think probably depending on what stage you're at, I think of the, I know you've read the book, the second mountain, but we talked about this valley between the two mountains. It makes me think of that, this idea of you're on a new adventure and you're in that liminal bit where there's a bit of uncertainty. It's exciting. It's scary. Both of those emotions come up. But for me, I think there's something around it being a journey. And one thing it's, it is a journey. It's not, you know, like you said, flick a switch and it's done. It feels to me there's a. Understanding that it's an evolution of process that gets clearer. So I like the metaphor of the statue that hasn't been carved yet. And you're just chipping away at the rock. And then eventually it starts to become clearer what the, what that statue might be. And that's certainly mm-hmm. been my journey is understanding that purpose for me has been more, I would say process of elimination in some ways, like understanding, I don't want that. That's not good for me. Something there's good for me. I start to get more curious about that and just sensing and responding. And then over time that sort of, that picture becomes clearer. Um, but like you said, it's frustrating because you want it to be now, you don't want it to be now. And I think that's one thing we see with people is we want to help them get to that point, but also you can't force it because it it just doesn't work. It just feels too much like I need results. I want to, I want full clarity today so I can move forward and get to where I want to get to. I've been thinking about this a lot because for me, I feel like a garden metaphor really makes sense. So like I did a whole bunch of clearing out, like a metaphor speaking, clearing out my brambles, clearing out all the weeds, having this patch of kind of bare earth for a while. And for a long time, you're like, you're looking at this bare earth and you're like, nothing's happening. And it really doesn't feel like anything's happening, but it is all there kind of going on under the soil. And when I try to rush things, which I do all the time, like I'm not coming to this from some point of like, oh, I'm now super spiritual and I never, ever like get this wrong. I, I, I still am really impatient. I still want it to happen quickly. But, you know, it's like, you know, if you plant some daffodils in October, you probably don't go out and start shouting at them in November and be like, come on, why haven't you bloomed yet? You know, what what's going on? Like... It, Things take time to bloom and blossom. So we sometimes have to accept that sometimes we're under the soil. So we've got caterpillars and chrysalis. We've got journey. We've got rock. Can you tell me she's a writer? What we're giving is people lots of different pictures to create in their minds and see which works best for them, which I think is important about this. There's an aspect of here here that from my experience of working with entrepreneurs making this transition to work that aligns with who they really are. And that's, you know, the core of this is that's great, but who am I? Yeah. <laughs> what is that alignment supposed to mean? So there's this, in one sense, like as business owners, as change makers, there's this idea, what's the vision? What is the world that you want to create? Where, where do you want to go? But in absence of that, in absence of being on this journey where you don't necessarily know exactly where you're going, you just got a vague direction. What? How do you guide yourself and, mm. and what's that compass that you're going to use? And what I was really intrigued by talking to you, Marianne, and, and given what myself and Lawrence are exploring and trying to help others explore is this idea of being guided by joy or being guided by this, 
as I'm going to say, in a sense of well-being, inner knowing or inner acceptance, whatever it may be. There's this feeling like, okay, I'm going to trust something else other than what's going up here in terms of logical thinking. So yeah, it comes back to that kind of quote, that the place where your deep gladness meets the world's greatest need. So what is your deep gladness? So I know for me, it's felt like a bit of a breadcrumb trail. Like I haven't had a kind of immediate sense of like, yes, it's this, it's this. But at every stage, can I follow the, the bright spots, the things that feel the most good, the most energizing? I think often we get into this very problem solving mode. And I know that's a trap I've fallen into. It's like, I don't like this thing. So how can I change this thing to make it better? The good thing about me is I've tried lots of different things and lots of them haven't worked. I've made loads of mistakes. So I've wasted a lot of energy problem solving. And actually what's been the most helpful thing has been like, what do I love? What do I enjoy? What do I do effortlessly without trying? And how can I expand that, expand the bright spots rather than trying to kind of endlessly get in this cycle of what is it? What should I be doing? And how do I change this so that it becomes this? And in terms of what that looks like, I think it is like it is a sort of a felt sense of rightness. It is that sense of flow that you get when you're really absorbed in something. It's not that you necessarily have to feel it all the time, but it's like, what are the places and the activities and the ways of being that support that feeling of joy flow energy and how can you have more of them the the other thing that i think i found this really helpful is that this idea of purpose as being and doing it's not i think we can get a bit over focused on the doing so the model that that i'm learning in is that we all have this kind of mythopoetic identity we all have this core identity within us that speaks to who we are and what we might do in the world and we have like a number of delivery vehicles that we might express this purpose through. So our purpose isn't the same as our job title. Our, our job title isn't our purpose. We have this deeper core, this deeper identity, and we might manifest that in all kinds of different ways. We might manifest that in terms of how we're a friend, how we're a parent, how we're a partner, how we show up in the world in loads of ways. And our, our work is just one delivery system and, and we might try one delivery system and it might be great and then we might change it. So I think there's something about it's helpful to separate those two things as well. What springs to mind is whether you believe we live in an uncertain world or whether it's a very linear track and you just do this thing and, and continue doing it and it won't change. And how, given the past couple of years we've been living in, given how I believe the world really works in terms of there's not much you can control. How can you respond from a place of power, for want of a better term, a place of certainty, so that whatever you do, it, it can change, but it's always still coming from your own deep sense of well-being, wellness, acceptance, knowing where you're going, what you're, what you're here to do in a sense. Yeah, t totally. I think that comes from like maybe having and, and finding like what your core values are and what you really want to stand for in the world. So we don't get to, we don't get to choose, do we, what's happening around us? Like we might, we have choices about what we do, but we don't get to, like none of us asked for COVID happened. So in the middle of that, it's like, who, who do I want to be in the middle of this? What do I want to stand for in the middle of this? I can't control, there actually is very little I can control outside of myself, but I have limitless influence on how I choose to respond, how I choose to react, who I want to be in this. So for me, for example, alongside my like whole mythic mythopoetic identity piece, so this whole kind of thing, like I've chosen for myself four words that for me are like my guiding values. And for me, that's trust, connection, compassion, and joy. And every morning 
I have a little moment where I feel into those things. And if I'm facing a challenge in the day, it's okay, what do I need here? Do I need a bit of trust? Okay, everything is going to be fine. Do I need a bit of connection? I need to check in with someone else about this. Am I bringing enough joy into it? So in a very kind of, I mean, and you don't have to do it like that. That's how I've chosen to do it because I found it quite helpful. But just some sense of what is at the core of me that actually is unchanging, even if no matter what's going on around me and yeah. And the job and the work and the relationships and everything else might change, but there's something in me. So I'm going to play a bit of devil's advocate here. Go on. Um, Why not? Uh, uh, channel, channel his inner Jeremy Paxman. Oh, my <laughs> word. I'm scared already. But there's this element of, oh, that's so self-indulgent. Mm. And it's like, why? That's, that's all well and good, you feeling happy and nice. There's... That's not what how the world is supposed to work. You know, you were supposed to be helping each other, and life is supposed to be a struggle, and we're mm. supposed to be, you know, striving. And if it hasn't, if it doesn't have any effort in it, it isn't worth doing. Yeah, totally. And I have a story running in my head that things have to be hard. <laughs> I, have to, I have to work really hard to be like, oh, if I don't, if I don't struggle and effort and grasp, then I'm never going to get anywhere. So yeah, I have that story running. So I, the thing that I think is really interesting about this, like, and that idea of it being self-indulgent. So I came across this whole purpose guiding work. Like I found it in a very roundabout way, but the starting point for me was reading a book that was actually about environmental activism. And on the face of it, you sort of think, well, how environmental activism, finding your purpose? Maybe if your purpose is to be an environmental lawyer, those things link. But what I've come to understand through doing this work is the most important thing you can do for the planet as it is right now and for the future of the planet as it is that we're all living on is to find and embody your deepest joy and to find and embody your deepest purpose. And if you think about where we're at and if you think about the way that like consumerism and loneliness and isolation and all these kind of challenges that we're facing as humans, like I think, I believe that we're, we're trying to fill this kind of lack of meaning and this lack mm. of soul with all these other things. And that's kind of part of why we're in the mess we're in. So finding, finding a way to be happy, content, in flow, in alignment, like it, it is making us a better human and is creating a better world. It's one of the the best things and the highest purposes we can have is to to find, live and embody our joy. Active Hope is my favorite book about the environmental crisis that I always recommend mm. because it's about we have choices, like we can do something. <clears throat> We're not at the end of the story. We're in the middle of the story. Like we mm. can still, we can do stuff. Reminds me of um, uh, Seth, the place we did the retreat call in September. He talked about inner activism. And how he'd see a lot of environmental activists actually burn out because they were all about the world and the problems and fixing other people, not actually looking closer to home, like you said. We talked a bit about this before, didn't we, Marianne, about are you the best person to sol solve that problem? <laughs> and are these people who you feel you want to help wanting your help? Yeah, I think sometimes there can be the spirit of like, oh, I have to go out into the world and I have to help people and I have to go in like work for charity or be a charity or do, you know and, and if that's your deep gladness then great do it mm. that's brilliant but if you show up with the energy of i'm here to try and make myself feel better and actually i don't really want to be here you're you're probably not helping the other person and you're probably not you're certainly not helping yourself so yeah i think anything that's about i should be doing this i ought to be doing this i should be living in a different country and not I, I don't know what the right that's not solely the right example but anything that's like this should is probably not particularly helpful and so in terms of shifting these shoulds then, what in terms in your work and, and this purpose guiding, is there something that you've discovered that helps people not get guided by stuff that isn't really for them? 
Yeah, definitely. And I think this is where the probably the combination of some of the things I've learned around therapy and intergenerational stuff coincides with some of the purpose guiding stuff, which is like to some level or another, we're all living a purpose. It's just that if we're if we haven't examined it, we might be living a kind of default purpose that isn't really ours. So we might be living a purpose that's been handed down to us consciously, unconsciously by somebody else. We might be living a purpose that society is telling us to do and we just haven't even noticed. So the first step really is examining what are we believing about the world and what are we believing about ourselves and just this idea of shame and kind of clearing shame. And it's true, it is like looking at what are all the things that I'm believing about what's happening around me and not even trying to change them to begin with, but just almost making a list and going, oh yeah, here are the things that I seem to be here are the lenses that I'm putting on the world. Oh, everything has to be really hard. Oh, I can't trust anybody. Oh, I have to make a certain amount of money to feel worthy. Oh, I'm not allowed to make money or I'm not worthy. Whatever the thing might be. So as soon as we can identify what are our sort of default beliefs and our default purpose, then I think we can start to clear through them a little bit, work through them, get a better understanding of this is something that's passed down to me because three generations ago this belief made perfect sense but oh look I actually haven't updated it and now <laughs> something really different is true and yeah I think it's that kind of clearing space rather than necessarily adding new things in to begin with if that makes sense. Yeah it seems very clear and simple to me there's a way of looking at the world that's pushing you down a certain direction and you question whether those that perspective is really your perspective or someone else's. Yeah. That transition though, of then shifting, saying, oh yeah, that isn't really me. Who am I? For some people is bloody scary. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't want to go there. I just, I prefer <laughs> to plug back into the matrix and do <clears throat> what, what my pre-programming told me to do. Yeah. If someone was out there thinking, oh. I really need to do this, but it's, I, I don't know. It feels like it's going to turn me, go into complete chaos. And then I have no idea what's going to happen then. It's really scary. How would you invite someone to look at that in a different way to avoid? Mm -hmm. Because it feels like there could be a butterfly on the end of that journey. <laughs> Trying mm -hmm. to mix was so magic. But that middle, messy middle bit that everyone was talking about before is like, that's just, I don't want to be there. That's like a dark despair that, that feels just too painful to go to. I think that our soul is speaking to us all the time. And if there's something inside of us that needs to be birthed out into the world, like the energy and support will be there to do it. And what that can, I guess that's what that can look like is actually a sort of slow, gradual process. So actually that whole kind of big bang thing of I'm jacking everything in and I'm going to do this. Like sometimes that might be appropriate. I've quit jobs without having another job to go to twice and both times it worked out really well. But it doesn't have to be that. It is about, I guess that's where it comes back to that idea of a breadcrumb trail and small steps and moving in the direction of soul. And once you're on the path, you're on the path and the messy middle is going to happen whether you want it to or not. I think this idea that we, we can kind of prevent it or stop it or change it is like, we, we can't it's just that is what's going to happen but yeah i guess we can support ourselves by by having company so not feeling like we have to do it on our own and whether that's through a therapist whether that's through a purpose guide whether that's through an amazing community like this one which i think is genuinely transformative like all of those things can help support us so it's not that you have to do it on your own but yeah i think understanding that the messiness isn't that i'm failing because it has felt like it sometimes it's that it's messy mm. because <laughs> something different is happening 
And the things, the ways of being and the skills and the tools that I learned in the old world don't necessarily serve me anymore. So I'm having to learn new ways of being and that takes a bit of time sometimes. And Louise mentioned spiraling. Spiraling for me is, that is the motion to think about in terms of any change. We tend to think about change as being like this kind of upward curve or climbing a mountain, but actually mm. change and growth is much more of a spiral model. Like we keep bumping into the same things again and again and we keep learning mm. from them and then we grow in a different way. So I think that's, I think that's really helpful. Well, I was just thinking about the word trust really, when you mentioned it as one of your keywords, and I wondered how much that plays a part when you think of, what did you say something about moving towards purpose or something like that it makes me think of, ultimately it feels like if you can trust in yourself, then you'll start listening to that more versus doubting yourself and getting swayed by other people or society's view on what you should be doing. Yeah, I think it is about, well, it's learning to trust myself, definitely, and ourselves. But I think it's also learning to trust the universe, like learning to trust the bigger picture that we don't, like we don't see all of it. And so sometimes things that don't, that feel hard to understand, like we don't, maybe we don't have to understand them. Like we're not in charge of, none of us, like we don't run the universe. Like we're here to live our version of our best life, but actually... There's, there is this whole bigger picture and and I like I, the reason that I have trust as a value is is not because I find it easy <laughs> it's because mm. I find it really hard so I have to remind myself every day and there's this lovely quote from Einstein actually he says your one fundamental question that we can ask ourselves as a universe as, as a human is do we believe the universe is a friendly place or not and that doesn't mm. mean that Bad things might not happen bad things do happen of course but do we believe that the universe is a friendly place you know are we going to, at every point, are we going to choose trust? Are we going to choose love? Are we going to choose connection? Or are we going to choose like fear and disconnection? And and really, like all choices probably just boil down to that, don't they? It's the, it's the Marianne Williamson return to love. It's, is it love or fear? Is the universe a friendly place or not? And if the universe is a friendly place, then no matter what's happening, there's something useful that we can take from it. Yeah. So all the challenges that I've had over the last four years in terms of not knowing what I'm doing, feeling frustrated, feeling stuck. Like, how useful are they now for me now as I start to guide people through through purpose and change and transformation? What I heard earlier was this aspect of being with others or doing this with other people, navigating this journey or going through this spiral with other people. What is it from your perspective or even your own personal experience that might just want people, have people just stay, try and work it out on their own and and the challenges that you see or maybe the benefits of trying to do it all by yourself. I think, so again, it can be like an old story that we're running. So for me, I, you know, I like my, I have a story from the olden days of <laughs> being a young'un that like, I've just got to figure this out on my own. I've just got, you know, and, and it's one of those, sometimes it's such a kind of sneaky belief that we don't even know it's there. We just think that's how the world is. So that I think there's certainly a, a kind of proportion of people who will have this sneaky belief running in their head that especially if you, she says modestly, if, if like me, you believe yourself to be a reasonably smart individual, you're like, what a clever person. I got loads of A's at school. I just need to, if I just sit and I just need to figure this out. And this idea that it's very rational and that it's very heady. So I think that can be a reason why we can believe that we have to do it on our own. I think that there is a piece of the work that is just us, to be fair. So like we, there is a piece of the work that's about, because this is work that's going inwards, that's not about getting other people to do that for us. But I think it's more, can we have company as we go on to this, as we go on this inward journey? And certainly if I think about it in terms of the challenges, you know, all of my learning from, again, from therapy is this idea that 
like the the wounds or the hurts or the challenges that we have in life happened in in connection. So they can only really heal in connection. That's why reading a self-help book is great. And I've got a lot from reading self-help books over the years. But if we really want to change something, the change only happens in connection with another human because the wound or the, the hurt or whatever you want to call it happened in connection with another human. When was the last time you felt like a kid? When you felt like you didn't have any responsibilities or obligations? When you felt free to just be? To explore, to adventure, it's probably been a long time. And if that's the case, then you need to join us at our Happy Startup Summer Camp. It's a festival, a conference, a retreat, a weekend of camping, and at some level, none of these things. Because ultimately it's an opportunity to just gather and be with 150 people just like you. People who are looking to bring more joy, happiness, purpose and meaning into their lives and their work. People who want to spend time in nature having fun, learning about themselves, learning about business and connecting with inspirational everyday people who are normally hidden in plain sight. If you're looking for something new to do, something comfortably out of your comfort zone, then join us in the southeast of England from Friday the 16th to Sunday the 18th of September. To find out more and to apply to join us, visit happystartupsummer.camp. That's all one word, happystartupsummer.camp. See you there. In terms of your journey, you know, since we've known you, I've known you, seeing you be part of the community, you were on the program and then you started to contribute more. So you started the right club, which was a, a weekly space or bi-weekly space to come and, you know, write together to, to build that habit. And so it was interesting seeing from, a, I'm just thinking from a really practical point of view, seeing how you showed up to that and then realized, actually, I don't want to be helping people to write. But what I saw from that was people loved the space you created and I could see you really blossom in that space as a coach, as a guide, as a facilitator. And so I wondered whether, like you said, this kind of reflection from others, how that, how important that is in terms of you realizing I tried that, but I didn't enjoy that particular focus. Yeah. And I guess it is that it's that kind of learning by doing piece, isn't it? And, and again, if we're thinking about connecting to deep gladness, like we can have our, our idea and theory of what we think will make us happy, but it's not until we put it out on the road that we go, oh, actually this thing that on paper makes total sense. Like I've been a writer for 20 years. I write songs and poems and plays. Oh, and creativity, maybe that's where I should be going. And actually it's like, oh no, okay, that's not, I love my own writing and I love my own creativity. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but if I think about the journey that I want to help other people on, then actually that isn't the journey that is the one that I want to guide people on. Cause that's not, that hasn't been my biggest struggle. And I want to guide people on the journey that's been my biggest struggle. So I guess it's a kind of learning by doing and yeah, learning in connection with others because yeah, again, it's just, it takes it away from being theoretical. I'm curious about this connection between this personal sense of purpose and knowing that you're in the right place or, or you're able to be guided by a joy or in a sense of, of knowing. Mm-hmm. And then how this relates to, and we are the happy startup school, starting new businesses, doing work in the world. Are you able to see how they marry up, connect, contribute to each other 
Are they totally separate? Are they connected? So for me, when I have been trying to launch a business without the connection to sole purpose, like I just haven't got very far and it's felt so frustrating. <laughs> I'm sure there's people like Lawrence, Carlos, you've both heard me like be like, ah, like literally tearing my hair out about like, why can't I get any? I remember you saying this like, about not just yourself, everyone. Why is it so hard for people to actually get shit done? <laughs> yeah, it is really. Yeah, exactly. So. For me, the connection is, and again, like this is so, <laughs> I, I've been in the community for ages and this week I'm, do, I'm doing a Friday, Friday side with you and I had a lovely chat with Francis and Simon on Monday. Why now? Why is this happening now? For me, I connected into what my sole purpose is and what that gave me was a sense of energy and excitement and enthusiasm that gives me the fuel and the momentum to go out there and do it. Because starting a business is hard, I think. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy hard i'm not saying i don't mean know oh, it's a real struggle or do it of course it isn't like but you know there, there, there are parts if you start a business you will run into challenges of course you will what's the fuel that's going to get you through if the fuel is just coming from your ego then you might find that it runs out quite quickly or you might do what i did in my old job which is that kind of i'm being fueled by ego i'm being fueled by i want to get to a particular job title i'm gonna i'm gonna fuel myself with 15 coffees a day and working too hard and oh look I've had a massive burnout so if the fuel that you've got for your work is either the fuel of like validation from somebody else or a, a should sense like when you get to a struggle like you might not be able to get over the hump of it hmm. when you're fueled by the energy of a sole purpose you're like oh I'm just gonna find a way to hop on over this or I'm just gonna Oh, I'm just going to, because, and again, this is just my experience, because all of a sudden I've got like the motivation and the, the passion to, to actually do it and to do things that might not be instantly straightforward. So that, that's what it's given me, a sense of energy and kind of feeling enlivened by it. I think when I, when we had the idea of the happy startup school, for me, it was like, this has to happen rather than I want this to happen. Yeah. It's a subtle thing, but just in terms of a feeling, it was more... There was an inner knowing, I don't know what you call it, but it was like, this is something coming through us, through me, that I feel is just going to happen. It wasn't even like a, I would like it to work. It's going to work because I want it to work. And so I wonder whether for you, does that feel different? Does it feel like this is, this has to happen for you or are you still open to right now is all I need is to, to have this motivation to move this idea forward? I think that having the motivation is, is a, like at a certain point if there's something that needs to exist in the world it will come it can come to exist through you like if, if something needs to be birthed out into the world it will it will make it will it will happen um i'm trying to think of a good example like i guess for me if songs happen like i i, I sit down to write a song i don't really know how they happen but they just they just appear through me i'm not even a particularly talent i'm not a very skilled musician i'm a beginner but somehow there's a song in the world and by sitting down with a guitar and having some attention and focus and having putting some time and and space to it like kind of songs appear and i think maybe the same is true for other kinds of because business is a creative expression business is a super creative expression so the things will come i think that's my sense where i'm at is this idea of well-being and work and how Following this idea of, of tapping into this sole purpose, connected to that sole purpose, to connect to this inner purpose, that being the source of well-being rather than the tangible 
outcomes and structures and strategies that we create through work. Because as much as I agree with Lawrence, there's this, in a sense, there's a, you're channeling something, maybe there's the happy startup school was something that was to be channeled and, and to be created. I, I'm at a space now where I love talking to people, I love doing this. I love hosting, holding space. I love learning. I love reading. I love this idea of how can I find a way of being happy and doing work and putting food on the table and not to feel like, oh, what's going to come up on the future and what, how am I going to achieve that goal? And that to be just like, oh, that's that, whether that's the happy startup school, whether that's I don't know, some other thing that comes up, we've had various ideas, but each thing in itself is just something that, that, that brings joy for the sake of doing it. And sometimes it makes money and sometimes it doesn't. And how that, when you're talking about this kind of every business is a kind of a creative endeavor, I agree to you with you to a point, depending on the system or the framework that you're looking at, because I think there's a lot of people who see a system of money and transactions, and there's a, there's a, some rules to be played by, and they're just following those rules. And there's other people I feel who are just looking, trying to create their own rules around work. And so there's this element of actually, if I'm, well, I understand if you, by following this kind of purpose route, this inner purpose route. What happens outside doesn't really matter in the end. You will find what needs to be done and you'll do what needs to be done as long as you're always aligned with what makes you happy. Yeah, I guess there's a few things around that. So the first thing is I think that, well, I guess if I think about it in relation to goals and achievements and where you're trying to get to, so any goal that, that you can think of, there's usually a feeling state attached to it. Even if you have a money goal, I, I have plenty of goals around money, but it's like, What's the feeling that I'm trying to achieve with that? Well, I'm trying to achieve a feeling of security and stability. Or if I, if I, if I want to get on X amount clients or whatever, but that's because I want to, you know, I want to feel like I'm being useful or valuable. So I think there's often a, a real value in focusing on the feeling state and actually experiencing the, I think sometimes we do it backwards rather than being like, oh, I need to achieve this goal in order to have this feeling. The thing that kind of probably works the best is what's the feeling I want? How can I experience even more of it now? And then I'll probably be more likely to attract the things that I want. So I think that's one part of it. And then in relation to money, so I, I talked to you about this before, Carlos, but I think I really like this idea of we're all in, a, we're all trying to navigate these things. So there's the sacred dance and there's the survival dance and we need both. So none of it is about, oh, I'm just going to give everything up and live on air for six months because my passion tells me that it, it's not that. We're humans. We're living in a human world. We're not living in a spiritual dimension. We're living in a human dimension. Even if we bring a spiritual or a soul or a whatever, whatever expression, you know, makes sense to you. So yeah, it's fine to make money. It's important. Like it's part of what allows us to keep manifesting what we want in our lives. But can we do both? Can we do the sacred dance and the survival dance? Yeah. I'd love to see that dance off, maybe at summer camp. Mm. I'm a big fan of interpretive dance. So anyone who wants to come and do a sacred dance, survival dance session with me, yes, why not? Crazy legs, head spins, body popping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Before we finish off, is there anything that you'd like to share with people watching if they want to explore more about this kind of going inwards around purpose, uh, or they'd like to hear more from you? Where, where would you point them, Marianne? 
So my plan for next year is I'm training as a purpose guide. So I'll be taking on a few pro bono clients for that to go through quite an intensive sole purpose discovery program. But alongside that, I'm looking at running some different events, programs that are all about pathways into purpose. So this idea that I think there's quite a lot of different ways to come at this. So there's a way that's about navigating by joy. There's a way that's more about looking at the obstacles. There's probably some ways around creative expression, expression, story, myth. So just creating a whole sort of suite of ways into purpose for anyone who's interested in, in exploring purpose a little bit deeper with me. So it's a kind of a watch this space because I've been a bit too much in my sacred dance this week. I've been having lots of very lovely soul discovery sessions. And yes, thanks. Thanks, Lawrence, for, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, put put friend on LinkedIn. I will actually start to, after a year of not promoting, no, actually, after about four years of not promoting anything that I do whatsoever, I will actually start promoting things, but not in a scary, spammy way. Maybe, I don't know, I might be scary. (coughs) Maybe that's your survival dance. If you are interested in doing this work, I, I would encourage you to explore this. If you have been spending a lot of time trying to work out outside what is am i supposed to do what thing problems am i supposed to solve what changes and it just hasn't been working mm-hmm. or you're being overwhelmed with analysis paralysis trying to understand and think your way through it then i really encourage you to yeah to see what marianne could offer you and uh, to hear her stories and journeys around this thanks carlos <laughs> so before we leave some final some closing thoughts. What have you, where have you got to through this conversation and yeah, any epiphanies or, or deeper understandings? First of all, this idea that, that chaos is a positive. And I think that's something that I think this whole idea about the creative void, so that bit where there's nothing happening and it feels terrifying, but that is actually a really creative part of the process. So I think that's something I would want people to go away with, especially if you're in the chaos feels really terrifying but it's it's okay and yeah I think just this sense of I, I think somebody talked about being a burden as well and that was my fear like oh what if my sole purpose wants me to go off and do something I don't want to do but actually like for me sole purpose has been just incredibly energizing and enlivening so if it doesn't feel energizing and enlivening it's probably I mean I don't get me wrong we all have like our day-to-day admin I'm not saying can never look at an excel spreadsheet but if if it's not if the core of what you're doing isn't energizing and enlightening, it's probably not connected to your sole purpose. I think there's always that fear, isn't there? That, oh, I need to do this. This isn't my next project. Work out my life's purpose. And it feels big and heavy. And so it's easy just to avoid it and just put the blinkers on and forget it. So um, I, try, I say just try and enjoy the journey because the messy middle is where the fun is, I think. And it sounds like Mariam's on that journey of getting opportunities come your way and, and then, then feeling exciting whilst also trying to work it out rather than trying to work it out and then doing stuff i think the thing i'm going to take away this difference between the sacred dance and the survival dance or these two dances that we're we're potentially trying to to do and i think of silent disco and where you have this you can just switch the tune so on one tune yeah i can i've got this idea this like really creative i'm just going to move with the motion and this is all going to go like this and you're just doing your own thing and then you switch it and then everyone's doing a line dance and that's the survival does. This is this system. We all, you know, money and marketing and, you know, this, we're all going to, this way that we all done. And then just trying to switch between those two dances, really, I feel is the, is an interesting view for me because I think that more internal creative going to move how I want to move thing mm-hmm. that, that, yeah, you can, having a bunch of people doing that in a room, <laughs> A is hilarious, <laughs> but B just seems completely different to the world of business where everyone seems to be line dancing to the same tune.
thank you for listening to our Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or wherever you found this podcast episode. And if you'd like to learn more about creating a new path for your work and business, a path that feels more meaningful, more purposeful, and more aligned to who you really are, then sign up to our newsletter on our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and you'll receive little nuggets of wisdom, stories of experienced entrepreneurs following this more purposeful path, and also a little bit of uh, wittering from myself and Lawrence and other useful bits of information and content to keep you inspired, keep you engaged, and keep you happy. Mm-hmm.